Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Well, hey, everybody, let me push my buttons. Welcome to the show. My name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour or so. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Um, Emily Carding is going to be with us to talk talk about fairy folk. I'm really excited about this. In fact, I think I <clears throat> excuse me. I think this morning I had a con- I had some contact with the fairy folk in my house. You know, I had a little flashing light. In fact, my story for fairy folk goes way back. In that, when I was little, you know how uh, you watch Disney movies, the Tinker- whole Tinkerbell thing. My sister. Because we always had dark paneling in the house. So my sister would entertain me with reflecting something on the wall, you know, bouncing it around the wall. And then she'd say, oh, it's Tinkerbell. And I was really content with that. But over the years, as a ghost hunter, I've come in contact with three cases where we have had, <clears throat> where there have been fairies involved. It's been rather interesting, especially the last one we did, because they were very mischievous. Uh, but they, but, but they, for the most part, they were good. moving furniture around, things like that in the house. And uh, the, the children were, I think there were two autistic children in the house. So they were more like drawn to the autistic children. So it was kind of interesting. Anyway, that being said, I am the owner of the California Haunts. Excuse me, my nose is all stuck up. Paranormal investigation team based out of Sacramento. We are 48 strong up and down the state. And what that means is if you think you might have a ghostly issue going on in your house, you can contact me via, you know, our website at CaliforniaHaunts.org, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, California Haunts on Facebook, and we will make it a point to get out to you. And we have somebody probably in every, almost every county in California. And if we don't, we're at least within three to four counties away that we can get to you. Okay? So that's just something. This Saturday, I'm going to be teaching a Psychic <clears throat> Development 2 class, and that's at 5 p.m., Pacific, and uh, that's going to take you to the next level. I have a psychic development class, uh, one class that I teach, but this one will take you to the next level because the first class is more of a basic class to teach you how to open and close that psychic door so the negativity doesn't come in all at once. Because a lot of people make the mistake when they start working on with their abilities and they don't like take classes and know how to do it. Um, once you open that door, it doesn't matter what's going to come through because because good and bad will come through that door. So this is the way to teach you how to open and close the door and have some control over it. Okay? That's the second development one. Second development two, because not all psychics have the same abilities. Somehow, you know, some some can do it all. Some can do clairvoyance. You know, some, some can do all the other stuff. And that's what we find out in the second class is through is through different exercises. We find out which which you're more prone to. It could be one or two or three things. That's how we find out. That's what the class is about. So if you're interested in that. Cruise on over to the California, uh, California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team meetup, and there's not and, and join up. There's no charge for it or anything like that. Just go ahead and join up on that meetup, and uh, you'll see the classes are there under events. Also, if you're watching from Facebook today, please hit that follow button. If you're watching from Twitch, please hit that follow button. If you're watching from Twitter, follow me over there. And if you're watching from YouTube today, there's a little ghost in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen has a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat on. That is our mascot. If you look if you look at the YouTube site, we've got more than 350 videos sitting over there, different topics. We don't always do paranormal. Like this afternoon, 
you know, later on, or, I mean, tomorrow, excuse me, my mind's like yellow, you know, so, so you'll see different topics coming up as far as what we do, because I'm a journalist, I'm a photojournalist, so I like to mix it up a bit, okay, so that's why we have different topics, and I think once you start cruising or perusing the videos, you're going to see that there's, there's something, a little something for everybody there, kids too, you know, because we do kids stuff. Anyway, as I said, my guest today is, a, is Emily Cardi, and I think she's got quite a bit to say about fairy folk. So without further ado, let's, let's bring her in on the green room. Good morning. Hello, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Very good, thank you. Yes, very happy to be talking to you. That all sounds like... Um, Brilliant work that you're doing. I was sort of nodding along like, yes, that's important. That's important. Good. Who are you going to call? You so Thank you so much. Tell me about you. That's a little vague, Charlotte. <laughs> you have done so much. That's what I'm saying is that, you know, you're an actress. You know, you're... you're, you're you want me to just talk for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. Um, I, I am an actor, yes. Uh, pronouns actually I'm gender fluid oh. I'm, I'm, I'm gender greedy let's call it gender greedy um I am a, an author um, and an artist and a, a single parent and um, mostly human who knows uh, <laughs> what would you like to know more about well you're also a medium correct I don't really use the word medium, um, mostly because I think I decided at a certain point that I didn't really want dead people turning up and demanding my attention um, any more than I would want random living people turning up at 3am at the end of my bed, passing on messages to their nephews or whatever. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't specifically say that mediumship was a skill that I have put uh, my skill points into, if you like, <laughs> to use a <laughs> um, But I'm very interested. I've always have been drawn to all areas of uh, the supernatural, to the paranormal, to psychic phenomena, to to the unknown. Because I'm interested in the great the great mysteries of the world. And yes, I have occasionally had people's aunties turning up and trying to pass on messages. <laughs> but in terms of fairies, I think the word is more sort of seership. Um, I am also a priestess. Um, oh my gosh, lots of things. You're so busy. N normally, I must say too many things at once. Usually, <laughs> is it hard to balance all that stuff? I mean, between you, you know, doing your acting work and then doing the other stuff. Undoubtedly, but also, if I didn't do all these different things, I wouldn't necessarily stay afloat. Not one of them is enough to sustain me. Mm -hmm. uh, so far um, and I, I wonder sometimes why on a spiritual level that's why my acting career hasn't taken off more than it has I'm always busy but it's like at a level that means I'm always doing other things as well mm -hmm. and I think that's really what I'm here to do um, so the, the, the everything I do really is about connection mm -hmm. connecting connecting worlds, connecting people with themselves, with understanding as an actor, connecting with text, audience, space, connecting with the world around us. 
and I think that's the common thread through through all the different things that I do. Absolutely. Kind of remind me of me because I've always got several irons in the fire, you know, going from thing to thing to thing that, you know, it's crazy. I, they used to call my sister, used to nickname me as a kid, the busy bee, because I was always like this. So I've got arts, arts things going on. I'm working with my paranormal team. I'm doing this, you mm. know, I'm doing writing on the side because I'm a freelance writer. So it's just like, a, I, I never rest ever. Yeah. That's freelance life though, right? If you're going to survive as a freelancer, you have to kind of have all these different things going on. Yep. 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 So tell me about fairies. Now I, I know I've, I, I had my last case was interesting in that I actually heard their voices in the last case. They would talk to the, there were two kids that were autistic in the house and they would hear these voices. And then the father started to hear these voices. And it was interesting because going in, I did not expect that at all, you know, cause, cause autistic kids will draw stuff to them, yeah. but I didn't expect the fairy folk, but I remember hearing the voices and I thought, what is that? Why is it coming out, you know, off of the basement? That's really strange. And that's when we, we were able to, you know, work the case through and realize it, it was actually fairy folk. That's really interesting. I'd love to hear um, more about, about that. And traditionally there is a big crossover um, folklorically between fairies and the dead. It's a very gray, gray area there. Um, mm-hmm. Some people, think think of fairies as being the the spirits of of children that were lost um before they were baptized there's um there's all kinds of things connecting them and there's confusion there because fairies um especially trooping fairies might appear in in a form very similar to a ghost in that they're in fashions that are a hundred years or so out of date mm-hmm. um but for the most part and fairies is, is a huge umbrella term, but for the most part, fairies have never been human. Right. Um, right. And that they're, but sometimes the worlds of which they inhabit, there's a certain crossover. Mm-hmm. So you, were, you, you heard fairy voices coming from a basement in a house. Because yeah, it really wasn't a basement. How, how did you come to the conclusion that it was fairies that you were dealing with? That's so interesting. The medium that I had out with me. How did they... How did they come to that conclusion? Because because the voices and their objects being moved around the house, it was real mischievous stuff that was going on in the house. So after after we started to really get into it, we realized, you know, it was stuff like the drawers would open and then there'd be like little rocks or something inside the drawers and, and then they'd be shut. So they were leaving gifts. They were, they were moving stuff around the house. The kids were telling <laughs> Sometimes the kids would be eating dinner and they'd be looking up, talking, you know, whatever was there. But it's interesting because I, I, I tried to figure out if it was a human being, where it was all coming. Because the house is here, or at least in that particular area, they have a little crawl space underneath. Not a very big crawl space, but a small crawl space. And so the first thing you think. Did you huh? say a cr- um, crawl space? Yeah, there's just a crawl space underneath the house. Oh, right. Okay. So I checked that out. The then, history of the, of, the, of the area, where was this? Was there sort of folklore attached to that area yeah traditionally yeah yeah so it was really interesting to me you know and at first you know i've 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 seen the lights flashing in my house Mm. you know on my walls where there shouldn't be any lights flashing so i'm used to that anyway but at first when the when the medium said well it's fairies i kind of looked at her and went okay you know but as (laughs) (laughs) it was like 
they, they, they are because they're not they're not they weren't mean to the kids they were just mischievous and they they, they would hide the kids toys on them they would do all this stuff well then you know they're lucky because that's not necessarily guaranteed with mm -hmm. with fairy activity by any means what are um, fairies but, really like i'm sorry say again sorry about that what, what are fairies really like that's a huge question because you have to kind of understand that the term fairy mm -hmm. is an enormous umbrella term, especially in, in modern usage, um, which covers everything from uh, the noble races of the Shi down to more mischievous beings like pic pic pixies, piskies, um, imps and, and, and goblins and so, and so on it's this huge area but not what's so some of the knowledge that's kind of been lost in a lot of modern writing on the subject not by any means all of it but but some of it and some people teaching on the subject and um the, I, lo I love disney as well but the disneyfication of it is that um some people have come to think of fairies as being just just that, that small for maybe we'll help you out um, mm -hmm. with things. And um, the more powerful and, and also the darker side of that is, is sometimes neglected. That's not very palatable. That doesn't sell books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, tell people that maybe be, you know, be careful as well. Make sure that um, what you're dealing with actually wants to, to to work with you or in that case just cohabit with you and um, I try to help people to come to an understanding of, of what the nature of these many and varied beings are and if you want to build a connection with them how to build a healthy connection with them but I will say how to recognize how the, the particular instances when you should be protecting yourself and not necessarily running towards them going there's an offering and they're like i'm going to kill you now um <laughs> it's, it's, it's no pixie dust huh oh faith trust in pixie dust <laughs> well, what do you even think about think about where's a vicious little bugger there wasn't she, she was actually in the original book she was yeah and a little bit you get a little bit of it you know for all of the cute tinkly little light floating around stuff that you get in in the movie and in popular media there is there is that vicious streak there now that of course is is fiction but all of this all of these stories that are inspired by fairy and by fairy lore and by encounters and all of that um if you dig if you dig deep enough if the source has is is true you can it can lead you to do the truest stuff mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's absolutely fine if people's first encounters are what we might very traditionally th right. think of as that Victorian winged, quite diminutive fairy. That's probably not quite a distance from what the truth is, but because of the way that for the most part we perceive them, there are people who physically perceive um, fairies. It's very complicated, huge area. But for the most part, we perceive them on an energetic level because their vibration is so different from our own. So we don't necessarily perceive them physically. Um, 
but we can seem to perceive them through our psychological filters. So we're not maybe not always seeing them with our eyes, but, but our brain makes us believe that what we're seeing is with our eyes. And that is through the level of understanding that, it, that we're able to take in at that point. The more that we learn and the more that we understand, the truer to to reality those those encounters are going to be but their nature is generally quite fluid and the nature of their realm is generally quite fluid anyway so when you when you ask me to say things like you know tell me about fairies i'm like well <laughs> um we're not talking we're really not talking about one particular kind of, right. of being here we're talking about an umbrella term that covers a whole realm and and within that whole whole variety of of beings and that's you know irish folklore welsh folklore english folklore scottish folklore breton um mm -hmm. and wherever in the world you are and wherever in the world the people from those places have gone also mm -hmm. um you've got spirits that are independent beings in themselves you've got spirits that are attached to particular plants or to areas or to a mountain uh, spirits are attached to people, fairy beings that might not necessarily qualify as spirits exactly, but they're mm -hmm. just beings that exist in a different way. So just just as I'm sure that you know through your years of, of paranormal investigative work, ghosts have many different causes mm -hmm. and, and their nature is not so easy to pin down as well like, oh well, this was somebody that died of a trauma and that's why they're hanging around or this is the memory of somebody in a place or mm -hmm. You know that it's it's a huge area, so it's it's not one that can be easily summed up. Oh God, and I've tried. You know, I've written books on the subject, and you're, the first thing you have to try and do is say, "Okay, so what is fairy?" And you're like, <laughs> "Oh, you can sit there staring at the page for a while." And I think my favourite phrase that I've coined to try and sum them up is like trying to capture liquid light in a glass vessel. You simply can't, but you can. Mm -hmm. It's a, po a poetic image that sums up the attempt. <laughs> <laughs> well, like in any group of folks, I mean, there's good. There's what you want to call the good fairies, and there's also the kind. You know, you go to mischievous, yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah. you're in bad fairy. What are the what's considered a bad fairy? I mean, will, will they kill people? What, what will they do? Saying good or bad is putting a very human moral judgment on a being that is not human. Okay. Right. In, Scot in Scottish folklore, you have the Seely and the Unseely Court, mm -hmm. which has sort of in modern times come to be understood as Seely meaning blessed and Unseely meaning, meaning not blessed or not friendly. But in truth, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And in my experience, through the many centuries of history of human fairy relations, there are many fairy beings that have good reason not to trust humans and to feel antagonistic towards humans because humans, are, as, as any of us know, because as humans, we all deal with humans on a regular basis. Humans are terrible breakers of promises. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that fairies forget. So if you ever make any kind of pact or, or vow or, or promise to a fairy being or collection of fairy beings, you have to be sure that you'll keep that, otherwise that you don't get second chances. Um, so I think that's possibly where the, the misunderstanding there is. Although at the same time, I will qualify that by saying there are fairy beings that 
that are just uh, that do not have any good intents towards towards us at all. Um, as as there are people out there that you wouldn't necessarily go up to on the street and invite round to your house, and you don't really know until you start dealing with them which ones they are. But um, certainly in folklore, there are there are definitely beings that are in the steer clear uh, category <laughs> that oh. will drive into ponds and wow. or, or and and of course there's a long history of fairy beings taking humans off into fairy to uh f to, to act as servants or breeding stock or um all kinds of things folklore if you go to the, like the proper original sources of folklore that's where you really find the stories of of the less the less sweet and helpful side of things um, I've heard stories. I wasn't sure if it was fairies or trolls or what about kids, uh, young, you know, little kids ending up underground with these, you know, with these you know, fairies or creatures. And you know, the, the, and I've read a few. You know, and sometimes they get released, sometimes they don't. So is that what happens when these kids get taken? Is they, is they become slaves or whatever for the fairy folk? Sometimes, yes. This is where the um, the folklore of you know, don't eat fairy food comes from. Mm -hmm. um, or you'll get trapped there. Um, that's probably the best known bit of, of fairy folklore there is, um, I think, in sort of pop culture terms. Um, and people would traditionally get taken for a period of seven years or seven multiples of seven. And there's an interesting time um, difference as well so you might feel as though you've been in that realm for not so long and then you come back and everybody you know has died because hundreds of years have passed but there are there are instances um and, and in fact practices if you if you take um do certain exercises and journey work where you visit the realm sort of astrally if you like spiritually or through through meditation journeys um where, where I can promise you that won't happen, and you can you can make the connections and build up relationships with fairy beings um, when you're not physically taken into that realm, mm -hmm. um, but but you you're going there consent. Even then, you need to be careful. But that's why initially you build up allies that you know that you can trust, who will help to look after you and guide you while you're in that realm. Um, famously, the the Reverend Robert Kirk, who wrote about the realm of fairy. Um, died on top of a fairy hill and people think he was taken in into fairy and people uh, have met him there as a guide since so again being taken into fairy isn't always a bad thing but it's some it's not what it's not it's you it's not what you want <laughs> generally <laughs> um people have got some very idealized and romantic notions so just be careful that you know what you're doing sometimes it can be a marvelous initiation and a great journey of of connection and collaboration but just please make sure that you know what you're doing and that you have formed allies that will that will help you well that was my i was just thinking when you were saying all that <clears throat> it's kind of like what goes to it's kind of like when a psychic goes out of body to excuse me, go through that door to maybe your spirit guide, you know, and like I was saying about the psychic training that I do with people, 
about how you know how to know how to control to open and close that door because is, is it like that where I mean not not all the good fit or you know you know how I mean, not all the nice fairies will come through because once you open the door it's an it's an opening for them to keep coming right oh yes um now the good thing about the fairies that would wish you harm is they're probably not going to seek you out they just want to be left alone for the most part mm -hmm. unless you're actually venturing into an area physically geographically where they are and then they're going to do what they can to get rid of you um so i certainly had the same experiences as a kid um when um with with spirits and and stuff that mostly what I would see would be very scary and I had to learn very early on um, mm -hmm. to protect myself because there's a lot of there's a lot of things out there that we don't understand and we try to define them, we try to put them in neat boxes. It's human nature, fairy, ghost, elemental, um, mm -hmm. whatever the hell, thought forms. And it's it's you just if you learn a good level of protection, energetic protection, that will work for most things. Strangely, fairies respond better to you just don't to good behavior and to good etiquette mm -hmm. and to building up a good connection with them. Um, there's not a lot of that kind of protection that would work so well against fairy, but they, but like any spiritual being. Um, iron is is a good um, sort of protection tool to have on you if you're working in an area or with, or, or you want to, you need to keep them away from your home or or from wherever you are for whatever reason. This is why the tradition of wearing horseshoes, wearing horseshoes, um, but but having horseshoes up in in your house was it wasn't just about the thing that people say about having the horseshoe pointed upwards so that it's collecting luck. The horseshoe was put put over a doorway because it was made of iron and that would keep away your fairies and oh. your witches and whatever else at that time people were trying to keep away. But iron is used in, um, you know, in magical weapons to command various spirits. And it's also one thing that is effective against fairies too. Um, but your best bet is to build up a good relationship with helpful beings mm -hmm. through offerings, through mutual work um where you do tasks for them in this world and don't just expect them to be doing things for you in theirs can people i mean to train people of course <clears throat> can people call in particular fairy folk to help them with stuff i want to try and do the best i can to get away from the idea of fairies as being our okay. helpers in any way but you can enter into collaboration with fairy beings um, I find a lot of my inspiration comes from there, but it, as in fact, if I'm being inspired by them, it's generally to do things that are for them <laughs> um, and about them. Um, but it's mutually beneficial. Um, there are things, and, and R.J. Stewart, who's a wonderful fairy teacher, says this very eloquently, but there are things that they need us to do in this world that where they cannot be as effective and there are things that they can do to help us on our paths in their world. But please don't think of them as being, you know, somebody who's going to help you find a parking space. Right. And do bring you a pony or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of damage to, that has been done in the New Age community, but people 
parents in, in this way. So that's that's a, that's a nope from me, kids. Um, but but yes, a co co collaborative um, relationship is the way forward. Fairies are not your little helpers. Is it because I mean, fairies have been around so long, and we're kind of intruding. Probably longer than we have. Yeah, and we're kind of intruding on their turf. So is this why you know is this is this why they act like they do, or is it just something they've done for centuries? Well, we've been intruding on their turf for centuries. I'm pretty sure they were here before us. And if you if you look at the myths, and it's very interesting because it it's a theme that runs through a few different myths around the world of mm -hmm. giants that were the dominant sort of race before humans and then various races came and and the others sort of diminished into they either became invisible or went underground or or whatever and there's this and that and and humans even have sort of shrunk in size you find beings saying my gosh humans are not what they used to be that there's been this sort of succession of of beings that were um the the dominant race and then and then we've come and we've taken over and they must see that the damage that we're doing and so forth it's a cyclic thing but they still they still coexist in this world with us it's just that they're on a different for the most part on a different like i said vibration or or plane but we can we can interact with them. They can sometimes appear physically manifest. Um, it's you can't apply one one rule to them. But yes, many of them I think are very um, unhappy to have been pushed out to the extent that they have been the the extent that we have polluted the natural world, constructed on the natural world, um, because there's less wild spaces for them to just. Be, be peaceful and not interrupted by our, our nonsense. Um, so I think it's understandable if many of them are, are pretty annoyed at us for that. But there are others who want to work with us to try and counteract the damage that, that we've done or to help us, to just educate us, build awareness. It's not, it's really their job, but there are all kinds of reasons why a fairy being might wish mm -hmm. to, to to collaborate with us and there are all kinds of reasons why they might not this is true now like with my paranormal case how can you tell if maybe you you've got fairies around you are, are they around us all the time and in, in a case like with this house how can you tell if you have fairies inhabiting your your space that's a good question um i think it, a part of that would be like where was that house built because there's something called fairy roads certainly in Ireland and also in Iceland who have very strong um, belief in they call the the Hulderfolk or um, the hidden folk um, if a house is built on a fairy road there will be no happiness for those people in that house it will be disrupted until they do some work to apologize and redirect the road or so there, there are people who specialize in that kind of work um, but that can often be very, very problematic. It goes a lot further beyond um, beyond mischievous activity that you're describing. Mm 
And I think that it can be quite difficult to tell the difference between that kind of fairy spirit that's messing around and moving things and maybe singing and talking to kids and the ghosts of children, because they do act quite similarly. Um, and that's got to come down again to educating yourself and honing your own senses and empathic abilities like your medium obviously had mm -hmm. to get a, a sense of where the origin of that energy is, how manifest it is. Because I think fairies are a bit more manifest in this world than ghosts generally. And they can sometimes, much like ghosts also can, be attached to people. It can be an ancestral thing. Mm -hmm. um, so that perhaps in that family, there might be a particular fairy ancestry connection. Um, I don't know whether the, the family themselves had Irish roots or anything like that. Um, so it could be it could be a question that these are spirits of place. It could be that they're attached in some way to the family ancestrally. Um, it could just be that they were drawn to those children because they were particularly sensitive and they have they just want to interact. Who knows what their motivations are? It could be even an object within the house that has somehow got a connection or is a gateway in some way. Objects can be gateways, images can be gateways, symbols can be gateways, art can be gateway. It could be a piece of art even. I create art that works as gateways. Um, so without being there myself and and so on, I couldn't say exactly, but these are all various reasons why it might be fairy. But to tell the difference between that, there are particular smells, but then there are particular smells that go with ghosts as well. And right. as I say, the line between ghostly activity and fairy activity it hardly exists at all really you have to hone your own senses to be able to really start to tell the difference between them and I think there's the two are often mistaken for each other so yes get, get yourself somebody who who knows what they're doing or learn how to communicate with them yourself and ask them if this is an active spirit and not just a, a memory of, of emotion or activity in a place, this is something that is actively working with you, then ask them who they are, what they want, why are they there? Direct questions are so effective, always mm -hmm. helping. People have always known that from, from when they started, first started dealing with spirits and writing down instructions on how to do so, the power of asking a direct question that can't be refuted. I find all this very interesting. Can a fairy um, attach themselves to to you like like like, like ghosts can? Yes. Um, I don't, whether it's the same as yes, I I wouldn't I wouldn't know whether to say that that is exactly the, in the same way as as a ghost might. But yes, and as we as we form um, otherworldly allies. Mm -hmm. Some of them can travel with us, some of them cannot because some of them are tied to place, as I have sadly found in my work, because um, when I was working on on this book, which was the first book that I wrote on fairy, mm -hmm. fairy craft, um, I was living in Cornwall at the time and had a lot of collaboration with 
the spirits of land in that place, a particular tree I used to go and sit under, but also various beings. There was a river there, beautiful landscape in Cornwall that I was there for five years and I built up really strong connections with the spirits of that place. And then um, I got divorced um, and had to leave that place. And I, I sort of did my best to make the, the severance of that connection as, as sort of I gave offerings and so on and make that as clear as possible and explain to them. But, but not all of those connections could come with me because they were of, of that place. And since then, I've sort of not really, I think I'm a little bit afraid of, it's like really ripping your roots out. Mm -hmm. If you think about putting your roots down and declaring yourself like a guardian of a space or part of a space, and then, and then that you get ripped out of that, that's actually very hurtful. So you become a bit more cautious of putting down those same kind of connections again. But there are still connections in the otherworldly space that are either ancestral or are not tied to place that are that are with me in my work and animal guides and, and so on as well different kinds of beings what are these things that present more form i mean who knows there's so much of this that we that we don't understand and we try to because we love to define stuff don't we it's human nature to try and define yeah. and understand and study it and things change Absolutely. the nature of things change Amazing when, when, and yes, when, when you're working with with the fairies, like you like you mentioned earlier about having not relationships but having a a rapport with certain fairies. Mm. Well, which stuff do you prefer to work with? My particular connection is with a set of beings. This is complicated too. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you call themselves the she. Okay um that i sort of first started working with um gosh looking into the the, the vast void of time there now uh, quite a few years ago um through a glyph of a glyph of the she a, a symbol that john matthews the author discovered and and these beings who are like a sort of a luminous guardian of the inner world and i created a deck a tarot deck called the tarot of the she and they are they are connected to the she of irish folklore but i think that some people might take exception to saying that they are the same as the she of irish folklore but for me these were more uni universal beings and there's a sort of cer certain cosmic um energy to them as well so they're both of the earth and of the stars they're of the stars beneath the earth as well but this is cosmic energy that has fallen from source, if you like, from the universe into the inner world mm -hmm. and connected to the concept of anima mundi and all of this. Um, and elves, I've always had a strong connection with with elves. And I really feel like um, Tolkien captured something in his writings that really resonated there because I loved Tolkien's writings since I was a child. And of course that's fiction, but I feel like this there was some sort of song of, of truth in all of that. But basically, those are the kind that I consciously mm -hmm. most deal with. And they tend to be honourable in their dealings. Um, and 
and like to inspire artistic endeavor. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, um, as, as, as I did when I was in Cornwall, um, I have a kinship with spirit of place. Mm -hmm. I, try, I always try to be respectful of, of spirit of place wherever I'm, wherever I'm working. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you are doing any kind of any kind of work outdoors, it's always best to have those guys on side. You know, this is their house <laughs> that you're working in. Don't go up and put up your circles or start casting your rituals and things outside without asking permission of the beings who live there first. Right. Right. Um, so those those are sort of the two main areas but the, the whole realm fascinates me and intrigues me when when i was small my my first beginnings in the fairy realm before i really understood what it was were, were through dreams and i would travel in dreams through a a door in a, a hill that would appear in the, the dream version of my garden with a light behind it and i would go down into that and meet all kinds of mythic creatures and they would send me on missions for them and i think that's much it's been much the path that's continued for me on and off through my life, <laughs> off on missions for them, um, living living a life. It's it's not entirely selfless. That sounds ridiculous, but living living a life of service. I do try to help um, everyone connect. You know. And when you talk about the fairies that that, that you connect with. Do they, is it a two-way relationship? Do, do they know you well enough that they don't want to cause you problems or anything? Hmm. I don't want to get too much into personal nitty-gritty of how that all works. Okay, that's cool. I will just say that um, if you give regular offerings and you do, you know, in your, in your own path if you decide to work with fairy or if you're already working with fairy you want to connect with fairy if you're honorable in your dealings with them they will be respectful and mindful of you the issues common issues that occur with people generally are considerations of time scales because time doesn't work the same way there in in their realm or for them as beings generally because if time is really a construct um, that is very much connected to our physical form and the way that we define and, and live moving forward through time. But if you consider the fairy realm, when we're dealing with them in their realm as being out of time, where all time basically exists at once, um, they might not necessarily understand that not all tasks can be completed at once um so that that's just like a a little amusing consideration but generally if you're not a dick to them they will not be a dick to you okay. if you're dealing with the right kind of of fairy beings is that is that is that okay for an answer i don't want to get into how my particular inner dealings um work and one of the things about working with fairy is that you can't really talk much about 
the actual ins and outs of your your personal stuff but you mm -hmm. can help other people to find their way mm -hmm. if you do have people that are bragging about well i did this and i did that and the other with so and so and whatever then they they, they might be spinning you a tale so and they're probably breaking some promise or other and are going to get into trouble if it, if it is true um because if you look at ancient folklore or even not so ancient, but uh, if, if you look at folkloric sources of fairy encounters, um, they don't like to be seen um, and they don't like to be talked about necessarily <laughs> so much. Um, so it starts moving around my house now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in in the sense of like on a personal level right. to, be named, to be named and... Right. Um, and, and so forth. It's, it's not that they actively, they obviously do want people to be educated about them, but there are certain things that you don't talk about as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So how do you know when, when you, if you see one, because I know like here I, I see flashing lights where there shouldn't be any, and I think that goes back, like I said, to my childhood with my sister playing around, you know, like you say, it gets ingrained in your brain, right? So my sister mm -hmm. playing around with the mirror going, oh, look, it's Tinkerbell flying around. So when I see them, I see them as, as, as light flashes. That so makes sense. That yeah. makes sense because that's how you've come to understand how they'll make their presence known to you. Mm -hmm. um, and because they are so fluid in their nature, mm -hmm. that's your personal way in to mm -hmm. them. And if you chose to work on, on that and, and, and find out what was going on there, you'd probably build up a more detailed picture. But for now, that's a totally valid gateway into it. And sometimes that is all you'll see. Mm -hmm. Like the same with any spirit, though, often because in some ways you're perhaps perceiving a glimpse of just the pure energy behind everything else, just light and shifting, um, shifting of the air. Right. It's I've sometimes seen them in that almost so difficult to define form, especially at dusk or at dawn, you know, that twilight time, to see figures and shapes, normally around human size, sometimes taller, sometimes shorter, but just shifting through the landscape. It's like, um, to come up with a pop culture reference version of that, like, like the Predator. Okay. <laughs> but like, the air is shifting, that lets them much less sinister and normally less likely to eat your face but not always um but, but but yeah it's like the sense that you can see a figure and it's shifting through the landscape but it's not necessarily fully formed and sometimes like these flashes of light and, mm -hmm. and so on yeah but it's a lot of it is less about emphasizing what you see with your eyes a lot of people go into fairy work thinking i want to see a fairy mm -hmm. and i've tried to address that in um in in fairy craft and also in in this book seeking fairy that okay. rather than go into these encounters thinking about how you want to see something i mean you might mm -hmm. but it is more about opening the senses here it's about opening your heart and your empathic senses and honing that energetic language to the extent where they can communicate with you via feeling mm -hmm. first rather than all of this right for, the, for very very often that is that's the first 
way in. So to try and get rid of the idea of being so focused on the eyes, because the eyes can trick us anyway. Mm -hmm. Being focused on finding the truth and opening our heart here and then really learning through experience how to how to hone that so that so that eventually especially with spirits of place and and so on i think that don't necessarily have a language that's comparable to ours that don't have that haven't coexisted um with humans in the same i might be talking nonsense now but there's <laughs> the way to communicate with with these beings who are existing on this slightly different level and who don't who are not necessarily confined by the same constrictions of time and rationality as we are in the same ways, the heart is the best way forward to begin with, because then you're sensing them through your whole being and whatever your strengths are as any kind of clairvoyant or clairsentient or clairaudient or then they'll come to you that way and you can start to hone that you might not necessarily see something but you might hear a, so a song or you might feel something of the roots of the forest deep in your in your very being or when you close your eyes you might see a dancing green light and know that know that something is is there or trying to so different ways for different people and i've i've never wanted to be one of those people who are like um well, this is the one way and you must do things this way because this is the correct way. There are incorrect ways, but because mm -hmm. each of us is tuned in in a different way and functions in a different way and each of us has had a different collection of life experiences, we must all find our own path forward with, with fairy. Here's a question I have. Um, when you feel like you, you know, we were just, you were just talking about feeling for them do they feel different than a ghost does because i know i like like if there's a male ghost in my in, in my mm. area i can tell because it's a really heavy feeling i get the spider webs going through and all that is it a different feeling oh i'd love to hear more about that spider webs um feeling i for me it is but then i was dealing with ghosts and fairies from a very young age so i've had a lot of time to differentiate mm -hmm. between the two and like I said, it's tricky because they all hang out at the same places and sometimes look quite similar. Um, but there's uh, it's quite an indefinable quality that is much more vital. That inner earth energy that comes through when you're dealing with a fairy being. Mm -hmm. that, that is a vital living being. It's not a memory of something that one, once was or some tortured soul still hanging on to a life that it, it doesn't want to leave behind. Um, very, yes, like I say, a huge crossover, but I find the energy for the most part quite different. When you go to burial mounds and so you go to the mounds of the, of the she in, in Ireland, or you go to any hill where you feel that certain presence, you probably find ancestral spirits and fairy spirits hanging out in the same space. And you get this sort of collected energy of just presence and age. Mm -hmm. But the difference there with fairy beings is they, they are outside of time. They are ageless as well as being ancient. So that's a, I don't know how to describe it. It's green. It's this green light and song and vivacity 
that marks them out aside from for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And mm. I was just thinking too, you know, a lot of the folklore for fairies, of course, came with the people from, from England. You know, that's where it came well, from. From, from, from Ireland, I would say. More, more. In the gold mines and everything else out here. You know, and that's where a lot of it came from. And I, I've also I've also dealt with Tommyknockers. Hmm. Interesting. You know, yeah. I live I live just outside of the gold country, so we we get calls all the time for Tommyknockers. Oh, you know, of course. So, Interesting. Yes, yeah, we had uh, when, in Cornwall. There was a lot of knockers. Um, yeah. It's called the yeah. knockers in, in Cornwall. Yeah. Um, I lived in an area where there were a lot of old tin mines, and yes, you'd think a lot of lore about the knockers there. And that's that's exactly that's a collaborative um, that's a collaborative fairy relationship because those mm -hmm. beings in the land were helping miners find where the ore was, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you know sometimes something might lead them astray. You can't you can't trust everybody, human or or fairy or or whatever. But but yes, that's a good example of a, of a collaborative fairy human relationship that ties to, and probably goes through ancestrally as well with people who worked in the mines. They would probably form connections with particular beings, mm -hmm. know who to trust and who not to trust. Well, I think it's funny because we did this uh, investigation out in Camino and the gentleman was describing, he says, you know, I see this, this little man comes walking through my house and he's wearing overalls and he's got like a miner's hat on. He says it's strange just because they, they steal things, you know, they move things around. And I said, you know what? I think it sounds like you got a Tommy knocker there. And he goes, what is that? So I, I had to tell him what it was. And I said, you know, you might leave some food out for him. Mm. Make him happy because they, they like their food, you know. And it's, it's neat. It's, you know, in fact, I've had like three cases where it, it's been Tommy knockers. That's brilliant. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, because then you can go through the history. I love history anyway, so it's fun to sit with a client and go, well, this is what a Tommy Knocker is. They came over with the Welsh and all this. And, and, and their eyes get like saucers because they go, really, are these things going to be in my house? Yeah, but they're not going to hurt you. They're going to help hmm. you and learn you. That's, 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 that's their job. Yeah. You know. Um, the, the artist Brian Froud, who um, most people who are interested in fairies will have heard heard of he was also the conceptual designer for movies like labyrinth and the dark crystal and, and so on um he always sort of thought that that fairies were part of the natural realm and so was quite surprised that he would see leprechauns on the streets of new york mm -hmm. because of the huge amount of irish immigrants there who had taken over these these spirits unbeknownst to them taking these spirits over with them so, yeah, we, we do live in a world now where you'll find traditionally Irish and Welsh and, and Cornish beings in, mm -hmm. in the States or wherever people have moved to. They've taken those beings with them. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works exactly. I can't, um, I can't tell you exactly how that works or why that happens, but I think that's really fascinating. It is fascinating. Are they around us all the time and we just don't know it? I think there are many and varied invisible beings around us, um, all on different levels of, of being that we're not, we couldn't possibly be continually aware of because we'd never get anything done. So I think there's a very good reason that we mostly go through life a little blinkered because we've got to sort of get on with things and survive in this realm as humans, doing our thing as best we can. Um, without having goblins farting in our face every two minutes, you know, whatever. 
um, we've, we've got to sort of get on with things. Um, which is perhaps, you know, as, as, as adults, we sometimes lose touch with that connection that perhaps people have more naturally as children. Mm -hmm. And some of us, especially artists, then seek it out again. But I think there's, there's all kinds going on all the time because I, I do think that, um, and it's not just because I've watched too many Marvel movies because I believed in this before then, but I, I do think there is, a large number of dimensions that we're only aware of a limited number of them and then there's lots of things cohabiting the space with us just on a different frequency or dimension so we catch glimpses or we seek out connection and we we may form more of a relationship with certain kinds of beings but i think it's a whole plethora of stuff out there and right here right now <laughs> absolutely this hour has blown by it has, hasn't it? It's been lovely talking oh with you. I was so looking forward to this because I wanted to talk very full. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Oh well, I hope I hope it's been everything you hoped for. It's been a delight to talk with you, and I'm certainly fascinated by your work as well. Or maybe we can get together and talk off camera at some point, you know, and just, just have a good old chat. Yeah, you know, have some some hot cocoa or something. We'll just kick back and you know. Whereabouts whereabouts in Cali are you? Sacramento. Great, great. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time since I've been over that way, so maybe one day I'll rock up. <laughs> there you go. Whereabouts in England are you? Or the UK? Uh, so currently I'm down in uh, near Hastings, okay. famous of the Battle of Hastings. Um, so I'm on the southeast coast, about uh, an hour and a half down from London, straight down. I have family in Croydon and I have family in Canterbury. Oh, lovely. Yes. Yeah. Neither of those places are too far away. Canterbury Canterbury's nice. But that's what, when I was over in England, that's one thing I loved was the folklore. And I was really getting into it. You know, I was, I was over a month and it was fantastic. Because like I said, I'm crazy for folk, folklore. So going over there, King Arthur, you know, the whole thing and yes. all that and the fairies and everything. I mean, that's where it all originated and was brought over. And that's what's so cool. Oh, and, well, there's a, there's a whole mine of, of King Arthur, Arthurian um, law with, with fairy beings, which is, that's a, well, that's a whole other talk. Um, <laughs> um, yes, and all the, all the Irish and the Welsh folklore. Um, yes, great riches. But I, I would, um, I would say everybody to, to look for the, uh, W.Y. Wentz and the sort of original accounts of people who went around and interviewed people about their direct ferry account encounters while there were these people who were still alive who lived quite rurally who encountered ferries directly and they were they were interviewed about their encounters there's some fascinating stuff um that that you can find Irish Welsh and and Scottish and so on so look look for that and then and then start exploring in your own way absolutely where can people find you? I'm very easy to find because I don't call myself weird names online or anything. I'm just Emily Carding. So you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both just at Emily Carding. And you can look at my website to find out where I am and what I'm up to, which is emilycarding.com. All right, fair enough. Where can we get your books? Fair enough. You can uh, you can order them from your favorite bookshop and keep your favorite bookshop alive, or you can find them at all the usual places online. Fair enough. 
thank you so much. Yeah. Have a great rest of the day. And I appreciate, like I said, maybe at some point we can have you back on to talk about other stuff, you know, down the line. Love that. As, and, there's a lot isn't I'd like to talk to you off camera at some point. I can't do it today, but just to have a little chat, sit down, chat about different things with you, if that's okay. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. I'd love to hear more about your paranormal investigative work. It's fascinating. I'm fascinated by what you're doing too. So we got, we got all right. Well, thank you, Emily. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was Emily Carding. And I've learned a lot about fairies. I've been fascinated with it all my life. And like I said, I've been having experiences even here and seeing these lights flashing in my house where there are nothing to flash. You know, there's no reflections or anything coming in. It's just flashes. So I know it's the fairies. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. I really appreciate each and every one of you. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five people anyway. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Also, um, you see that stuff flashing at the bottom. Uh, the reason why it's flashing is because we work as a nonprofit and I, I own the company. So what happens is that well, we work, I'm not saying we're a nonprofit, we work in a nonprofit. And what happens is that I've got bills to pay. I've got internet, fee, you know, internet, everything else to keep the show on the air. And anything breaks or anything like that, it comes out of my pocket. So if you can find it in your heart to help me out a little bit to keep things going, I really appreciate it. That's paypal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, Venmo in California Haunts. But it all goes, it doesn't go in my pocket at all. It, it all goes towards equipment for the paranormal group. It goes, you know, lodging when people got to stay, different places for investigations. And, of course, if my computer commits suicide, I got to replace it. So, uh, yeah, if you could help me out a little bit, you know, uh, we're going into our third year on the show. And it's, it's only been able to do this through your, your donations to keep the show on the air. So, um, please, you know, if, if you can do that, that would be great. Uh, I didn't even think we'd be here this long, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to my, to the third year. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you all for coming today and I will see, I, I will see you tomorrow. Have a good evening. Bye. <laughs>